Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of The Season with Peter Schrager. We've got our guest in studio this week. So I'm just going to get right into it. You know him from his work as Kirby Quimby Philby on the TV show Sisters. <laughs> you know him from a uh, Super Nintendo cameo on YouTube. And you also know him from 2000's Gen Y Cops. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Rudd. Paul, what's up, man? Oh, Peter, thanks for knocking off those highlights for me. When you've got a resume like you do, I had to hit him. What is Gen Y Cops? Uh, well, it's the sequel, obviously, to Gen X Cops. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Gen Y Cops. 2000. Take us there. 2000. Okay. Uh, it's a movie that uh, I filmed in Hong Kong. There are two Americans in the in the cast, me and a guy named Mark, who uh, was one of the very first internet memes as the uh, you know like the ninja the the that does the backflip and lands yeah, bad yeah. and then tries to get was up he and do an his, actor? his nunchucks yeah. But this was before that. So when that <laughs> meme hit, you're like oh Mark, and everyone's like going around, everyone's like well, check this out, check it out. I'm like yeah, oh it's Mark. My co-star from Gen, Gen y, y Cops. Cops. What's the what's the story? What is well, Gen Y Cops? Okay. <sighs> the FBI has developed a killer robot. Yeah. And uh, there are these uh, it, these kind of these cops. They don't really play by the rules. <laughs> the uh, loose and uh, Yeah, yeah. They're the and um, they're these three cops. They look great. They're super cool. Uh, I'm not one of them. That's all. They, the, the entire film, I think, is in Cantonese. And uh, uh, but I play the head of the FBI. I have blonde hair. It's the only time in my life I've ever dyed my hair. I got I got to Hong Kong. Did you get into character? Was this like method acting? This was told like it, this was such method acting. You're going to be the head of the FBI. You're, tw- you're, we, you're I know you're 29 years old, but we think you should have blonde hair. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I think so too. And so uh, my wife said, if I if Duran Duran made a video about the uh, FBI fighting a killer robot, you are Simon LeBon. <laughs> Gen Y cops. Gen Y cops. Um, Produced by Jackie Chan. Really? Yeah. But not in it. He's not in it. No, <laughs> no he wasn't in it. He didn't show. He put the money he behind it. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was. <laughs> um, Love you, dude. Thanks for doing this. Um, we're coming off of Chiefs Bills on uh, Sunday. We know you are a diehard Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Quickly, your takeaway from the battle. Well, what a game. I mean, it lived up to the hype. And uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm always, look, I'm always rooting for the Chiefs. Always. Oh, and they're my favorite team. But, like, I wasn't that bummed that they lost this one. Not like, you know, the Colts. I was yeah, yeah. devastated. But uh, this this was just like, God, you know what? You just got to give it up to just a great, a great game. It went down to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Mahomes with the ball with a minute four left. You're not kicking yourself. Like, and that was without- I was also, it, you know, it, like the whole thing about the 13 seconds yeah. from last year. They actually <laughs> went down and did it again in 12 seconds. <laughs> I know, with a squib kick and, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we look, the Bills deserve to win that game for sure. And I'm excited to see him again. And hopefully we'll win that one. But, you know, hats off to the Bills for sure. Okay, we're going to get into all Chiefs stuff. We're going to get into a lot of stuff. But on this podcast, we do something called the Four Downs. And usually Aaron, my wonderful producer, who's with us in the room right now, will rattle off a statement and then I will... Give my thoughts. Um, you're here in studio. Mm-hmm. This is a rare, rare deal. I think you should serve me up, and then I'll give my thoughts, and you kind of weigh in, too. So what's the first uh, down? Okay. You ready for the first down? Yeah. All right. Here it is, Pete. Is it okay to get excited about the Jets? Yes. Yes, it is. It's exci- it is exciting, and it is okay to be excited about the Jets. You live in New York City. In mm-hmm. the last decade, there has been maybe one Jets team that has been worth rallying around. This one has 
stars on stars on stars that are all under the age of 25. Paul, they are so young, they don't know any better. You see Sauce Gardner wearing like a foam cheese head through Lambo, and in your head you're like, that's a little bit disrespectful. He doesn't know any better. Like he's like, oh cool, a foam cheese hat. And he puts it on his well, head. Well, he might know better, but he's he's like, yeah. He's, we just he's won. Got, he, he, that's kind of, look, his name is, he's Sauce. He's <laughs> Sauce right? he's got, I saw the draft, he had a big, like, what Giant was chain of ketchup. What yeah, was it, a come hot on. Sauce? That's a guy who's going to wear, he's going to go in a Lambo. And, and I think it's cool. Like, you have to accept it. And, and Brees Hall, man, come on. All right, so let's talk Brees Hall, because I said on the show, Good Morning Football, I'm like, one week, I'm like, he reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell. The next week, I'm like, actually, it's little Matt Forte. Oh, wait, he's actually Marshall Falk, and then. This week, someone someone tweeted the show and was like, all right, before your time, dude, he runs like Gale Sayers. I'm like, all right, well, Gale Sayers is high. When you watch Brees Hall, doesn't it feel like the world is in slow motion when this guy's running the ball? It's like a different speed. He is a he is great. He's so fun to watch. I think he's going to have an amazing career. Uh, and I'm stoked for the Jets. I think it's it's so nice to see the team do well. I mean, I, I've always liked the Jets, always. They, they played Denver, in Denver, and I'm like, on every other year, you'd be like, oh, the young team going a mile high, regardless of Russell's problem. Like, they can beat Denver, and then, like, the Bills are looming, and that's mm-hmm. the tre- that's the test. If you're a 5-2 mm-hmm. and two Jets team, and you're playing Buffalo, and Buffalo's owned them in recent years, obviously, like, I'm excited. But at the very least, you're coming towards Halloween, and you're a Jets fan, of course you should be excited. It's really fun when the Jets, well, the Jets and the Giants, both doing well, to be in this city when those teams are doing well, and it's been a while. It's uh, it's great. It's great for the sport. It's great for the city. I I feel like you and the Je- I feel like I listened to you on the Kelsey podcast. Your first NFL game was it a Jets or a Giants? It was game? a Giants game. Giants the very, the very game. first game I ever went to. How old were you? I was probably about five. Okay, and it's like the five. old Giant Stadium, or yeah. it was I, I, yeah I, yeah. Uh, it might have been the Polo Grounds. <laughs> They were playing at Ebbets Field. Field. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went. uh, I went to go see. uh, Yeah. Who was it? Giants. It was Giants and Eagles. So probably like like Harold Carmichael, Jaworski, like those. Yeah. Wilbur Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. That was that team. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you have any memories from that game? I remember peeing in the parking lot. There you go, man. Yeah. Because my dad was like, "Come on, we're getting out of here and beating the traffic," which was my dad's mo. For Dude, every event too. we ever went to. Mine too. What the... Third quarter of a big Nets-Bullets game. We got to get out of here. Yeah. The Brendan Byrne like, Arena parking lot's going to be mayhem afterwards. And also, it's like, even if it's like, oh, no, this is going down to the wire. <laughs> got to beat the traffic. Then he's like, we, then we definitely need to go because <laughs> no one's going to leave right now. No one in their right mind would leave right now. Come on, grab your coat. Let's go. We're getting out of here. So that was always his MO. And I remember leaving the game early and... uh saying, but I have to pee. And my dad just goes, come on, let's just go. And just, you'll pee by the car. I peed in the parking lot. That's what I remember from that game. And if you go to that parking lot right now, there... It's, it's yeah, it hasn't changed much. <laughs> no, that's it. There's a plaque right in front. Um, All right, second down, give it to me. All right, second down, you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. After Sunday night's win, is it fair to say the Eagles are the class of the NFC? Yes, but I don't think there's a huge gap between the Eagles and the Cowboys. I came away from Sunday night's game being like, Cowboys are sneaky good. Not even sneaky, just like, that's not a team I want to face in the playoffs. Micah Parsons was all over the field in the second half, and the second Lane Johnson went down with an injury. It was like, all right, Dallas is winning this game. The Eagles could not move the ball in the second half, and they had this great drive, like, put the game away. And it was... I think it was seven minutes, 35 seconds. They go 75 yards and like they finally get that breathing room. And it was like a giant sigh of relief in that building because you felt the momentum changing. And now the Cowboys get Dak back. I think it's the perfect setup for what's going to be a great NFC East with the Giants now relevant too. But I look at that NFC and like you go through it. The Eagles are the class of the NFC because San Francisco is all banged up. Tampa Bay looks like they've got some you know, they've got to have some reckoning or something that has to come in. Green Bay looks lost. Mm. Rams all injured. Saints, you go through it. It's Dallas and Philly and the Giants. It's pretty crazy. I feel like the NFC East are the teams we're about. And then the Vikings are four and one or five and one right now. But like, I've watched these Vikings games. You don't get the overwhelming feeling like the Vikings are going to knock any of these teams out. And especially the fact that they went into to Philly in Monday Night Football and had nothing to really show for. Like, I guess it's Philly and the Cowboys and the Giants and Philly's at number one. Do you have... Any thoughts on the Eagles? Do you have Eagles fans in your life? I feel like we're so close to Philly that like it, it you feel the Eagles fan presence, especially now with what the Phillies are doing. Yeah. We were just saying it's an exciting time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Um, look, that the team is great. I mean, Hurts is for real. He is. And I think there were questions before the season. I think he's silenced all those. He wins games. Yeah, he does. 
the defense. I mean, they've, they're on both sides of the ball. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they're. It's a. I don't think it's a fluke that they're undefeated. Right? Six and zero. Yeah. Here's the, what now you say this about Dallas. Yeah. All right. Dak comes back. I know. What, what does that do to the team mojo? It's a. It's... I know because they weren't good the first week with Dak, and he hurts his thumb, and you're like, oh, it's over, and then they got better. I think that the 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 chance to gel with Cooper Rush and to rely on the run game more and the defense kind of get and like, okay, we're the lead dogs this year. Like, I, I don't think you're asking a lot for Dak to step in and just don't turn the ball over and be better than Cooper Rush. We could beat these games. We could win these games. And Micah Parsons, my guy. Isn't he good? That guy. All right, number three. This is kind of a random one, but I wanted to make a statement. So why don't you give me third down? All right. You ready? Yeah. All right, here. It's, it's coming. Who's Jack Easterby? And why does his firing make national news? Thank you, Paul. I you know this it. has been a burning no, question. I know. No wondering, and I thought you're the guy to ask. I know you've been thinking about Jack Easterby all day. Um, all right, so Jack Easterby, if you're a listener to the podcast, follow the NFL, has a very different rise to where he became basically the head of the Houston Texans over the past few years. His rise was he was a team chaplain, okay, with the Chiefs. And he was known as a character coach. And during the Belcher stuff that all went down, he was a key part of that Chiefs building to keep the team together and to find ways to get through grief. And was just this masterful young man with with a bunch of kids who were going through something that a lot of them, the the first major tragedy in their life, um, ends up with the Patriots, where he is a beloved Patriots staffer. And starts this title as like character coach. And it was kind of this innocuous, vague thing. And when Nick Casario goes from New England to Houston, one of the main reasons he went was because Jack Easterby was in Houston. And Jack was a big, hey, Nick, you got to leave New England after 20 years of being under Belichick. You got to be our GM. And he goes over there now in the last few years since Jack has gotten there, Bill O'Brien's been fired. Um, multiple staffers have left. Uh, we had the Deshaun Watson situation go down. The Deshaun Watson trade. There's been a cloud of just darkness over there. And a lot of people began looking at, well, who is this Jack Easterby? And why does he have so much of a say in Houston? This was a guy who was a team chaplain and a character coach. Why is he an executive? And the truth of the matter is, I, I think Jack got a real negative light in the media. And I think there was a little bit of skepticism. There was some cynical behavior around it. Then there was some rumors coming out that Jack wasn't all about the the character. It was all about Jack. It was all about Jack. And I just would say this, I've met Jack Easterby. I think he's a, a relentlessly positive person. I think he has been nothing but kind to me in our brief dealings, but I go by the people who worked with him and you talk to those people in New England Jack Easterby is one of the most beloved guys from that. I'm talking about Jason McCordy, my co-host of Good Morning Football. I don't think he'd have any problem with me saying on the record when I said, oh, Jack Easterby got fired. Like, Man, Jack's my guy. Jack, like, Jack does things. He's got a way with people, a way with players. And the media right now, Paul, and this is such a random topic, but you're here. And I think there's it's big picture and a lot of stuff, especially in the world of Hollywood and all this thing. Like, there's a narrative and everyone takes their shots. And there was a pile on last yesterday on Twitter when he got fired. Like, oh, good. Like, it's great. Like, that guy should never have been in charge anyway. He didn't have the credentials. I, don't, I felt like there was a bit of like a strange jealousy almost that this guy took a path that wasn't the typical route to get where he is. Um, and so I would just say this, like, take a second. This man just got, got fired. Like, that sucks. And before everyone just piles on Jack Easterby, he's going to be back. He's got a lot of fans in this league. And I don't think there's a a bad bone in his body. And I just thought it was bizarre to see the, what's the word? Schadenfreude? What's the word? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah. When he got fired. So, I don't know. Is that a good take? I feel like I'm a person also. You know? Sounds like a good take to me. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Take fourth, take. fourth take. Fourth <laughs> take. Fourth down. No, I, uh, I think you made some salient points. <laughs> fourth down. All right. You ready? Yeah. Hey, who do you want to shout I out? I want to shout out Robert Kraft's wedding planner and give some <laughs> sh- That seemed like the coolest thing. And apparently it happened very It's the Jack Easterby of wedding planners. <laughs> There's a Jack Easterby somewhere working, working those wedding planners. What, what, can we get Elton? Yes, he's available on Friday. Can we get Sheeran? Get him in. Uh, that picture of Meek Mill, Ed Sheeran, and Elton John was pretty badass. And then they get the photo of all of the different expatriates and current patriots, seeing Slater and David Andrews and, of course, Devin McCourty there with Bledsoe and Brady. It looked awesome. He marries his girlfriend, um, Dr. Dana Bloomberg, I want to say her name is. Dana, is that right, guys? I think so. Let's Google check that. We could always 
leave it in and I'm just going to nod my head and say, that's right. I want to get the bride's name right. But Dana Bloomberg, doctor, they met at, uh, I think Canyon Ranch up in Lenox or Mm -hmm. one of those things they met on an, uh, and they fell in love and they're married, but that turnout on a Friday. And apparently it was a quick turnaround. I don't know if I'm breaking news, but Jason McCourty's brother was there and said that Devin got an email on like Wednesday and was like, there's a surprise wedding or a surprise event and you're being asked to come. And he's like, well, I can't go. I got a game. It's like, no, no. Mr. Kraft insists that you go. And like everyone just went and I don't know if everyone knew it was a wedding. Um, Bon Jovi in the house, Drew Bledsoe in the house, Vince Wilfork, Randy Moss. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I bet it was a blast. Right. And Mazel Tov to the Crafts. Right. And, RKK. Uh, and um, uh, I, I believe it was at the Lumiere, wasn't it? At the, the Klimt? Uh, yeah, what is, is that? I don't know oh, what that is. So sorry, I don't, let me tell you. It's like a historic event. Let me tell you something right now, yeah. Peter. Uh, it's an amazing exhibit. I saw it in Paris years ago. They project Klimt. Uh, on the walls and uh, who's Klimp? He's an artist. Yeah, All right. and uh, there's Very another cultured. there's another Van Gogh. They were doing a similar kind of thing where it's like this immersive art experience. Now I don't know if they were showing it during the but that's wedding, where, yeah. but it's really worth. I think what I my big takeaway from the craft wedding is that everyone should really try and see this Klimp exhibit. It's <laughs> incredible. Uh, what do you make of these? The, these protesters with the oil and the Van Gogh, like I was upset when I saw it. Oh. Now, look, I don't want to talk politics, but no, what you mean, like people that are like throwing things on art and painting <laughs> yes. to make a state? Like, give me a break. Are allowed to say this? Are we gonna get canceled for saying this? No, but I mean, like, what's what are you trying to do? I was upset. Look, man, I saw the guy go down on the field when Bobby Wagner took him out, and he's running around <laughs> with a big pink thing, and he's like, now he's suing because he got a concussion. It's like, dude, you jumped on the field during a game. Aren't all bets off? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. This, this, uh, like, I'm all about protests and speaking up uh, and yeah. truth fighting power in every single way. But man, leave the paintings alone. Leave my guy Vin. Yeah, no, come on. Um, come do you want to shout out anybody? Who do I Fourth want? down. You can shout out anybody oh, in the God, league, well, anything is, football. This is this is on uh, the spot. Oh man. On anything, anyone, an announcer, a player, a coach. <sighs> you watch football as much as anybody I know. We text all Sundays and you've got like insights. You're like, are you watching Texans Colts? I'm like, no, I'm not. Um Yeah, man, there's so many, so many God, this is oh, this is real pressure. Uh you know, you know, I, 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 I shout out James Palmer. James Palmer from the NFL Network. Yeah. Go on. And Tom Pelissero. Let's go. Go down the roster. Will Selva. These guys that are just <laughs> funny, bringing us information, great hair. Great hair. Doesn't, doesn't move. And by the way, uh, obviously with like Pelissero, always with a nice backdrop. Beautiful. It's like he's, Classy. he's, like he's, he's zooming in from Pier 1. Yeah, I know. Um, he's got a, a tasteful uh, and... Uh, like little isosceles triangles yeah, and some of the pictures. Like it's not on. even about putting up like the football stuff. It's it's classy. It's very CB two. You're right. That's that's Pelissero, right? Didn't he have the giant gears yeah. behind the big? Wi- <laughs> no, that like was the big, Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah. The sticks. That I wasn't sure about. Like a mechanics back. I didn't. Yeah. It's like yeah. What is what's what's what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that's my shout out. Actually, uh, Pelissero's uh, aesthetic. It was great. His back. His background. That's it. Shout out to his wife Sarah. She's killing it too. Way to go, um, Sarah. Yeah. Let's. And I would also like to shout out uh, Sarah. Speaking of Sarah's. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Walsh? Yeah, whose husband caught the ball. Yes, Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman, to just give the ball back. Do we have to tell the story? Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, Sarah Walsh, who's an announcer on NFL Network, a reporter, she's great, uh, has filled in on Good Morning Football multiple times. I know it's a story. It's a it's a It's a, it's a, a bit of a old. context, but let's explain it. Um, well, when Aaron Judge hit yeah. the, tied the record, right? He, he t- her husband is the bullpen coach of the Toronto Blue Jays. And yes. Had the ball in his hand, the number 62. And he gave the ball back to Aaron Judge. Yes. And then gave it to his mom. And 61. Or 61. And uh and and um and there was a big, you know, kerfuffle. He shouldn't have done that. Absolutely. What a cool move. And right. I would like to shout out that guy for doing the right thing. Way to go. And Dude. Sarah, you too. Props to your husband. Good for you. And and you too, yes. Great moments in <laughs> NFL Network history. Um, Not as important as Pelissero's backdrop. No. <laughs> or the Klimp, Klimp. Klimp. Oh my God. Could you imagine if Pelissero was able to get some Klimp projection? Not a backdrop. The projected on a Zoom. 
There's got to be some legal repercussion there. Maybe the Hall of Lumieres can't do that. But but if he can get a climped projection on a Zoom. And Tom's reports are usually like, in rule book 946, roughing the passer dictates that all of a sudden climped yeah. just comes in. No. Like, oh, I would, be, cheers I, 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 cheers to, to Tom for even thinking to about it. All right. Uh, let's get like, how did you and I meet? And I, I guess let's go back to Super Bowl. Yeah. In Atlanta, Rams Patriots. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm there on behalf of NFL Network. And it was right after you gave Mahomes the MVP award with the jacket. Right. right. Yeah. And it was the next day and it's at the Super Bowl. And I go up to the the my seats and I see this this guy waving me down and I'm like that guy looks like Paul Rudd who is that and he's waving me down I'm like who is that Paul and it was you to 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 call me over and be like love your stuff on Good Morning Football oh, I was I, to- I fanboyed out <laughs> it, it be, also you guys were all together yeah. and I watched the show every morning which I'd like to talk to you about that I, I have a thought about that which okay. I want to want to bring up to you right. uh, <laughs> but uh, I had you know I've been watching the show for years now. Good morning, football. NFL Network. If you're listening, watch it. It's a good show. It's, Seven to ten. And honestly, it's like, oh gosh. Years ago, I decided I'm done with waking up to the news. This is just too bleak. And I would watch the show, and I just thought, you guys are so great together, and it's so fun watching the show, and it's funny and informative, and and uh, you know, now it's just part of my day yeah. every single day. And so when I saw you there at the Super Bowl. I just got so uh, super excited, and, and I ran over to you guys, and you know, it was, fawned. Fawned. It, it was great, and it was me, Nate, and Kyle at the time, and you're hugging us, and we're having this blast, and then Nate's like, "Okay, um, cool," and like you were like, "I'm down to hang," and we were so thrilled. You're yeah, like, you were what? probably just like, oh, "We get it, dude." <laughs> You watch the show. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had just had, I'll go back because I remember exactly what was going on. My heart was beating because I had just been on the field and McVeigh is like my guy. And we just talked and he gave me this look like, I think we got this. And I came up to the to the seats afterwards and I like went to every single person. And I'm like, I think the Rams are going to just handle Belichick today. And then the rest is history. Mm. Belichick did, it did not go well. But McVeigh does get his ring last year, which yeah. you did not go to the Super Bowl. Are you done with any non-Chief Super Bowl? Is that I didn't of- go to the Super Bowl because I had gone to the... I had gone to the Chiefs Bengals game. That's right. Which was crushing. That was right. I'm like, I'm not going this. Why would I ever go to the yeah. Super Bowl after that? Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't. Um, so we've always been friendly since we text and all this stuff. I, I gotta say like coming into this season, it's, it hasn't been as wide open before as it is right now. Six weeks into the season, there's like parody all over the place. Your favorite story in the NFL season right now is what? Oh man. My favorite story? Yeah. Like what? Like Jets, like Giants, like what? <sighs> Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. I. Um, oh my God. No, it's probably, I mean, like my favorite stories are always to do with like, just like the, the players, you yeah. know, players that, uh. Billy Zappy. <laughs> Bailey Zappy. Isn't that good? <laughs> Isn't it great? I mean, it is. That, that, I, that, that I, could exist. Yeah. In like that, this billion dollar it, industry that uh, Bailey uh, Zappy could be the story. <laughs> um, he looks twelve years. I know. Old. It is it's like startling. Buzz, uh, it, it looks like Buzz Lightyear. No, 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 no. One of those. He's like. It's like one. He, he looks like kind of like a, like a like an, a TV actor from the fifties. Like a that would be like on a Dennis the Menace kind of show <laughs> or like Dobie Gillis or something like. You know, he's just. He's so kind of cherubic. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I was Bailey Zappi. That's not my favorite story. I mean, no. like I I, I I don't know. There's. Um, you know, it's 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 usually always some kind of personal story when I and I'm nothing's really like comes to mind right now. But like, yeah, you got to think. But when somebody who is really the odds are kind of yeah stacked against them, and then they come on and, and they just show up. I mean, I I love seeing Saquon. Yeah, isn't just that like balling isn't out? Isn't that great? He leads the NFL in scrimmage yards. And I just after you know uh, the last few seasons and the frustrations, I'm just super excited for that guy. I, I, I love him as a player and he seems like he's a great guy. And so I, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty cool seeing Saquon. One of the things the we, we, so far. we talk a lot about is your fantasy team. Oh yeah. yeah. And I am one of those guys. If you're like, all right, let me tell you about my fantasy team. I immediately shut down. I don't care. I don't want to know. I have no interest. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but, it's, it's such a, but right. you're so passionate 
about your different leagues because well, they bring the friends together. And mm-hmm. It's like a way you can combine worlds. I want to go through two of your leagues because I know you got multiple ones and I want to go through them and talk about the difference between them, but also the significance in your life. Let's talk about first what I call your Labor Day weekend league. And that's just what I call it because it's like, to me, it's it's everything wonderful yeah. about friendship. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly that's exactly right. That's That's what it is. And it, we started doing this league many, many years ago, kind of, I, I played cards with this group of guys and we would do it every Tuesday and we meet and play uh, poker and uh, God, I want to say maybe this was like 2007, eight, something like that. I said, guys, we should do a, a fantasy football league. And they were like, no, that's why would we do that? You know, it, was, yeah. it hadn't really caught on yeah. at that point. I said, no, it's really fun. We should do it. And, uh, and we did, and we have done it every year since, and it's gotten more and more, um, you know, important, I would say, in our our lives, because it does keep us all kind of connected and together. And we do a live draft. It used to be that, you know, people, one guy's a composer who sings songs. He would create these these amazing <laughs> orchestrations of, to uh, slam some guy that he was playing that week. I mean, the, the smack talk re- reached these kind of epic proportions and that's kind of faded away because we all just got, uh, you know, old and lazy, but we're, <laughs> but we're, but it's, uh, you know, it is a great thing. It does kind of keep you connected. Well, and it also makes you excited about games you would have no interest in. But the thing I love is the in-person draft. And it's oh, not just a one-day thing, it's, right? It, it Explain is, what this, what you have going well, on. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of like the whole weekend. It, <laughs> it started is before really anyone was married or had kids or anything. And so it's like, oh, we're going to, you know, get together for this weekend. And, then, and now it's, it's an annual event and we do a live draft and it's, um, you know, and... F- for all of us, it's like Christmas. It's the greatest thing. But, you know, I think probably for our wives or families, it's like you're going away for the weekend yeah. over Labor Day weekend. Um, yeah. And so, the actor Richard Kind is in the league. Uh, yeah. Well, Richard <laughs> Richard comes to the to the he's draft. Not in the league. He does attend, but, but he's not in the league. He's one. He's he's in the. He plays cards, and he's in the group. <laughs> And he's on the, the uh, he's on the weekly he's on the weekly Sunday wraps that uh, you know uh, uh, my friend Tom Q writes and so he gets the rap and uh, uh, so he's part of it all. But does he Richard chime doesn't... in on Reply All? Like... Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> all right, so there's that one, and then there's the Marvel League, which right. is. Also worth noting, can we go through the, I mean, I'm not a name guy, but let's go through the names of the people in this league and you guys actually keep up with it as a fantasy league. Yeah. It started years ago. Um, and it was, it was, uh, that was fun this year when it started and you and I were, we were together yes. when you were drafting and, and it was uh, ridiculous zoom. Well, that was because, you know, we started one of the traditions in that league is everyone makes a little video before the beginning of the draft. And everyone does kind of like you know a shot and good luck and uh, and 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 then we do our our draft, and so Joe Russo who directed you know the uh, End Game and a lot the of Russo and, and the Russo brothers the Russo brothers said he. Uh, was going to take us all down in his video because also he had a cheat sheet given to him from Matthew Berry, uh, and so he had one up on us, and then I made a video saying, uh, well, you know, cheers, you guys, Joe, that is completely unfair. You can't have that kind of inside information. I think it's lame. Um, I would never do such a thing. And then the camera, I like, just kind of panned it over. You were sitting in the corner saying- Drinking a rosé. Yeah, talking about the, like, uh, wait, you got the number uh, two pick? You gotta go McCaffrey. So uh, yeah, that was, but that league is, yeah, I think it's Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie and Pratt and uh, a bunch of guys that are in that kind of, and then also uh, guys that aren't in, um, in in Marvel, Miles Teller, Miles Teller, Ryan Reynolds is in it. Um, uh, I want to say Krasinski's in it. Yeah, there's um, and there's is there shit James talk or is it like Marsden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett Headland, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Big Vikings fan. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a real it's a it's a fun it's a fun group. It's a great way to keep together with everyone. All right, I'm gonna go rapid fire. I'm gonna say a name and you tell me something. You know, I didn't actually get in my whole thing. I wanted to talk to you about GMFU. That's all right. We're gonna. I want to hear it. Uh, There's yeah, nothing yeah. I love more than hearing about me. Go. What uh, do you got? It's not really about you, but it's just like. Yeah, let me hear. It. Okay, is there somebody that you could talk to at the network or whoever it is to just the commercial breaks? Dude. Explain. Walk a mile in my shoes. If I hear walk a mile in my shoes, 
one more time. I'm like, there's, 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 well, there's walk a mile in my shoes, but now is quickly being replaced by, I want to eat, eat, eat apples, apples and bananas. And then uh, if you're listening to this, we have the NFL network. I don't control the ads. I don't control the commercial are, breaks. And by the, by the way, worthwhile there's causes. A and causes. Absolutely, it's a lot of cause marketing, you know, but it's, it is like, it's just every morning. It's, I've never been proud to call you my son. It's like every <laughs> Every commercial break, it's the same, but the uh, walk a mile in my shoes. It's 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 slowly crushing. Like just let's let's get the come on advertisers. Let's, you know, let's come the, on the in with the new the new spots on GMF. We got Old Trapper. They're our official sponsor, uh-huh, Beef Jerky, right? and yep. I think they should take over the entire network. I'm fine with the Old Trapper. Tom, Pelosi. you know what I haven't seen in a while that used to be all the time was like talking to people about uh, uh, how awkward it is to talk yeah, about mental health. He's the awkward. He's and it was gone. like kind of a. By the way, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It was tonally, it was a I weird know. spot. Everyone was like, happy and jumping. It's like, ah, we're going to do these like goofy things. I like, love that hey. you're talking about this. Tom Pelissero, oh. who you recently mentioned, he and I watch the NFL Network all day long. Yeah. And we text every single time, walk a mile in my shoes is oh. a commercial. And the text is up to a billion. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> by the way, you could make it a drinking game, even though it's the morning. Every time you hear "Walk a Mile in My Shoes," take a shot. You will be you will be blitzed by seven fifteen. Remember for a while, like that "Womp There It Is" ad was on every, and I, I liked it because I'm like, that was a fun ad. "Walk a Mile in My Shoes" is not that ad. No, it's it's <laughs> it's not. It's not. I I also, I also I hear it. I know it's. I don't even I don't even know. I think I could even recognize the visual. You don't. I don't, I don't even. Know, even know I tune. shut down just the song. Yeah. Um. All, all right. right. Here's hey, the, sorry, let's We're keeping that in, by okay. the way, guys. That's for everyone. The ad sales department, please. Um. Yeah. Let's go rapid fire. Walk a mile in, in my, my shoes. shoes. <laughs> Such an inside, like deep cut. Yep. To the NFL Network audience, and we appreciate you watching. Um, I'm gonna say a name. You could take 60 seconds, two minutes. Just okay. Tell me something you want the world to know about this individual. Okay. Okay. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, great parents. The nicest, coolest, uh, most awesome parents. I met them that actually the night that uh, I gave them the, the MVP. MVP yeah. yeah. And they uh, came up, introduced themselves to me afterward. And uh, I've seen them at several times since at the Chiefs parade. Um at the stadium and I just, uh, you know, we, you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes and think, wow, that guy really, he, he's uh, thoughtful. He's considered, he's smart. He, he kind of, he answers everything in just the right way. What a, what a great dude. And it's cause he's, his parents are great. Great parents. Pretty good football player. <laughs> he's not bad. Has he changed your life as a Chiefs fan in a way that's like, you now, like there's no dread. Like you look forward to every game. I can only imagine having Mahomes as your quarterback. <laughs> Let me just say, it is strange for somebody my age to look at somebody his age and just love him so much, <laughs> and he's not in my family. <laughs> Number two. It would be, if it wasn't just for the sports thing, <laughs> it be it'd be weird. creepy. <laughs> Number two, Travis Kelsey. Oh, I mean, first of all, everyone knows how... Uh, uh, great he is and talks about it. He's the best, uh, best in the league. But that guy has been kind of MVP of that team. Like he's been so good for the Chiefs for so many years. I always felt like I don't think he's getting the props that he really deserves. He's so clutch and great, but also a huge heart. Yeah. Every year I do this charity event in Kansas City. He, uh, he is, uh, he's there. He always ask, how's your mom? He asks how my son is. He makes a big fuss over them. Like, uh, I, I love him. He's, He's great. He's a sweetheart. He and, really is. You know, we had this debate and the, the event is called The Big Slick in Kansas City and, it, and it's for Kansas City Children's Hospital. Children's Mercy Hospital, Children's, yeah. Children's Hospital and guys raised $3 million this summer and it was incredible. And we had a debate uh, sorry, it was actually the crew was and name drop again. You, me, and Sean Evans from Hot Ones were right. in a debate with his friend Nick, who was the man. Yeah. And the four of us were in a debate. And the question was, if Travis Kelsey never takes another snap, is he an NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer? I said, I think he is. I don't know if he's first ballot. And you jumped down my throat. Yeah. He's he is hands down, absolutely Hall of Famer. Yeah. First and ballot. I, I think so. Yeah. All right. Number three, Alex Smith. Uh probably the most underappreciated uh play, like the classiest player in the league and was and no one ever talked about it. that guy won everywhere he went mm-hmm. and he would kind of like then he leaves San Francisco this and he just never spoke badly about anybody i could only imagine what was going through his mind and uh 
and, and was just always and has always been the classiest guy. And it's been a huge part. I mean, I think we all love Mahomes so much and mm -hmm. obviously what he has done uh, overshadows everything else that almost that yeah. came before him. But, uh, you know, Mahomes was there and for a year with Alex, who said, look, kind of- Wasn't threatened. No. Just and was gonna, like yep. embraced. And- uh, Doesn't go always that way. And I was always, you know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I I, uh, I, I was like, I, I just wanted somebody to know, like, hey, Alex, you know, you're part of this yeah, too. If you're watching. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. It was during the parade, James Palmer was interviewing, I think with MJ Acosta- Ruiz at the time and they were interviewing you and you shouted out at the parade like hey while we're all here celebrating shout out to Alex Smith I thought yeah. that was pretty classy yeah I thought you know he was a part he was a part of that team a big part of that team and uh so you know I was uh, uh I, I was, little... like the same thing like that thing my and same with the injury it's like my heart breaks for Alex Smith and has it several times during his career and I just he's such a great dude and I hope uh everything is is great in his life oh, another chief Dustin Colquitt oh what I mean, Punter. one hilarious guy, great guy. Uh, it, when I've gone back to Kansas City for Christmas, uh, and, we, and I'm staying in my sister's house, he would bring over a mattress so that we, you know we had enough rooms because we didn't have enough mattresses. Really? He's just a very, he's a very charitable, uh, sweet guy. He used to live next. He used to live down the street from my mom, and, uh, <laughs> and we're still friends. He be he was probably like my closest friend on the Chiefs, who I still talk to. Great. Great I, I, feel like I don't I, have like super great tight friends on the team. Yeah, I'm but, a fan before I'm a friend of these, but I have met some, but Dustin is a, certainly a friend of mine. Yeah. I'm, this is off tangent. You and Post Malone, I, I feel like I have a vague memory of you telling me a story about all you guys partying. Was that with Colquitt? It was, it, this was the most <laughs> surreal thing. Like it was that night of the, the, the Chiefs parade went this, for the Super Bowl. Was in Kansas City, and Dustin Colquitt and I went met up with Mahomes and Kelsey, and and uh, that night, and went and Post Malone was in town, and we went to see Post Malone, and then and Post Malone was wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey uh, during the concert, and then afterwards I met him. Was he cool? Also, by the way, great dude. sweetheart. <laughs> what a great guy he is. He really is. He really is super nice. All right, Tammy Reed, Andy's wife. Originally from Rhinebeck, New York. Really? Yeah. New Yorker? Didn't yeah. know. Yeah. And hilarious. Uh, I don't think people know this. Like, she's don't... a bigger character than any of the Chiefs. Oh, my on. God. She is, and yeah, larger wonderful. than life. I mean. And at every league meeting, everything, when it's the family, she is the star. Yeah. She's really funny. She's very sweet. Remembers everybody's names. Really goes out of her way to make you feel like a part of it. And uh, she's awesome. All right, let's go down the Hollywood route a little bit. Oh, finally. Yeah, I was wondering if we can finally stop talking football. Robert Downey Jr. Okay. By the way, here's the thing. You're naming all these people, and I'm like just praising all of them, but they really do warrant the praise. Robert Downey Jr. is somebody that I'm kind of uh, really awed by. Really? Uh, he, truly. He is, um, I don't know many people that could be in that position and be able to like be that magnanimous and handle it and just be uh, as kind of thoughtful as he is. When we were uh, filming Endgame, he would bring everybody to kind of his area. His, like he had trailers and he had this little camp set up. He would host lunch for everybody. Now I imagine there's a lot of stars there, but he was like the leader. He was the I captain. I think he's, uh, yeah, but for sure, yeah. totally the captain. And I think, and everybody- And he would uh, host lunch? What does that mean? Yeah, he would like, he would, like during our lunch breaks- he would hire a chef, or sometimes like a uh, uh, like I think I last day hired a bluegrass band play. He would he would just kind of host a party for everybody, and every, every day he was just such a yeah. I, the captain is is a good way to put it. I'm I really love that guy. He's great. Julia Roberts. Oh, she's about as real as it gets. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Julia. Talk about another person that I am absolutely crazy about uh, uh we did a play together okay in um 
I don't know, was it 2006 or something like that? I think. Broadway, like New York? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Peter, Peter, Peter. please. Yes, of course. Broadway. Not summer no, stock. No, what, 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 <laughs> Come on. Come on. What am I? What, at the Round Wharf? Uh, no, it's weird. Uh, I, did, I did a play and it was great. It was very, it was exciting because it was the Julia Roberts play on Broadway. It was a big deal. And there was just three of us in the cast and nobody cared about the two other guys. It was the, it was easy because it was like, oh, we're, we're pressure's off. Who's the other guy? Bradley Cooper. So, <laughs> so Bradley Cooper and I were the two guys in the Julia Roberts play. Um, and uh, uh, by the way, He's great too. Everyone's we, great. Everyone's <laughs> great. But no, Julia Roberts, I will st still talk to. She and her husband and her, uh, you know, our kids were like the same uh, age. And um, she is, uh, she's just so great and, um, and real. She really is truly real. And every time, you know, you always say, she'll do an interview. She goes, oh, the best things I can do for my kids is, is love their dad. And just everything she says, you're like, God, mm -hmm. you, you're... You are so right. I mean, to be able to navigate the career she's had and be as kind of real and cool and grounded as she is, is a real testament to who uh, she is. The headline came out, so I'm not spoiling anything. You are going to be in season three of a certain popular show involving Steve Martin and Martin Short. Can I say Marty Short's name and just give you the, the, the microphone? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean... Do we have another hour to talk about Martin <laughs> yes, we Short? Do, as long as you want. Uncle Marty. Uncle Marty. Uh, nobody's funnier. Nobody. He is the warmest, greatest guy who can just cut you down with the funniest insult. Um, he is so easy to be around. Uh, you know, I, I still kind of can't believe that I know him. Yeah. Um, and first of all, working with Martin Short and Steve Martin. That's is it surreal? I and mean, those are gotta be your two comedy well, like I, they absolutely. That's Mount Rushmore. I mean, Steve Martin has probably had more of an effect on my life from a more than anybody else alive. Really? From what? Like the jerk and Roxanne, like or Saturday yeah, Live? His, what? his comedy records when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, I just think I remember listening to those albums and I think it was the first time I realized he's making a living talking. Yeah. And he's so funny. And my God, that's just he he just had a real kind of profound uh, effect on me still does. I can't, uh, I, I can't believe that I can ever even be in the same room with do those you like guys. text with those guys. Like you have like communication with them. I feel like they're like, like you said, Mount Rushmore, but they're yeah. almost like satellite. They're like these figures that just like loom large. Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, Martin short, I've, I've, I've known now a, a little while longer. Um, and he just, I don't know, man. He's really good at kind of putting you at ease, and and I I just really I, I really love that guy, mm -hmm. and not just. I mean, it's now gotten to the point where it's like, oh, I mean, of course, I'm a fan, like every yeah. single person in the world. But I mean, as a human being, um, I really, really love him. He's he, everybody does. It's it it. I can't speak any higher of a human being than Martin Short. You've hosted SNL now. How many times? Uh, five. Five timers club. Yeah. You got the jacket. It was kind of a weird deal. It was COVID super weird. Yeah. Kind of it was. It was the only show in SNL history that that got canceled it was the like, day of. It was like you, Hanks, and Tina Fey, and then who were you know? It was the five timers. It was the five timers thing. So there was a big monologue and a big sketch and all of that. And so Tom Hanks was there. He was going to be in it. Tina yeah. Fey was going to be in it. And so they were in the studio. And then the and then it, the show got canceled. And they were already there. So we had to kind of scramble and figure out okay what do we do so none of the sketches really aired we had made a couple of shorts yeah. for the show I mean, you got salvaged it but but it, you know it was it was interesting it was i mean my god it really was an incredible thing to be around and see that to see how okay what do you do now and yeah lauren michaels like is amazing lost in time too like it's, the it, world opened up again and it's not like, like that's took a moment in time that it they just to... happened that it was like truly like the peak with omicron yeah kicked in and everybody was testing positive and it was really scary and it was right before the holidays and everything started to change and it was like truly a one week window where yeah. it really spiked or two weeks in and it just so happened that it was that day i mean they were every single day of that week it's like okay let's look at the numbers mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully you know and um and had it been friday we probably would have been okay but it yeah. just happened in this moment in time it's it it, it the the wheels kind of quick trivia off. so was it Charlie XCX was supposed yeah. to be the, okay. Yeah. Can you name the other musical guests from the four times that you've hosted previously? 
My musical, yeah. oh, absolutely. You, like, you remember like every moment, yeah. Well, I've had killer Let me hear. Musical. Okay, so the first time I hosted, it was Beyonce. <laughs> How was she? How was Miss Knowles? Super cool. You know, there's that that very famous sketch that she does the single ladies and that Justin Timberlake yeah, yeah. shows up and all that. I that I was in that sketch. It was the first time I ever hosted SNL and um and so I was the director of that music video. Uh, <laughs> not my part gets cut off usually, which is fine. Uh, but uh, she was great. And my God, to see her also like doing the sound checks and seeing her sing in person, like my God, she lives in New York. Do you guys ever bump into each other? Never, never. Uh, <laughs> The second time. I picture there's like an Illuminati meeting where she's like, and brings you in. Well, I'm time. sure that those meetings happen. I'm just, <laughs> I don't get that there. call. She's no, I'm not. There was I'm this guy not. that hosted when I performed one time. Let's bring him in. I'm once. not, yeah. I don't get those phone All calls. Right. But, um, but the second time, which was, it will never be beat. And I'll never forget. It was weeks before I was hosting. My phone rings at one in the morning and it was Bill Hader calling me, uh, saying, um, dude, uh, do you know, would, you know who your musical guest is going to be? And, and I said, no. And he goes, yes, well, I'm sorry for calling so late, but, uh, we just found out it's going to be Paul McCartney. <laughs> Come on. So I just like shot up and then, yeah. uh, and I didn't go back to sleep yeah. and I was so excited. And, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past, uh, uh, that, like your love for the Beatles. Is... Well, uh, they're the greatest band of all time, and yes, absolutely. And Paul McCartney, forget it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he, talk about just—I mean, what, what can you say about Paul McCartney yeah. that hasn't been said? Um, but uh, those moments in in your life, if you can ever take a moment and really register, this is one of the greatest moments I'm ever going to have, um, uh, and just treasure it. I had several that week, but the way it works on SNL is that when the band comes in to do a sound check for the first, they don't, they don't show up until Thursday. So Thursday is the first time they're in the studio. They're on stage, they're getting set up. And usually on the stage next, next to that, you're, the host is getting their photos taken for all of those bumpers yeah, cool for the, for the, the, for commercial, the commercials. Yeah. Right. So I was getting my picture taken and then all of a sudden Paul McCartney, his band kind of comes in and starts setting up and they started playing Jet. They started playing a song. Uh, great song. And uh, and I looked at the photographer. Uh, she looked at me, Marilyn, and, and, and we were like, we're not taking pictures right yeah, now. I got to go. No, no, we're not. So we went and stood on the floor and watched Paul McCartney practice. And there's probably about 15 people there, mm -hmm. you know, 10 of whom are the camera operators, and they're trying to figure this out. And so um, he does a couple songs, and then they wheel out onto the floor a, a piano because he doesn't even know what he's going to sing on the show. And he goes down to the floor and there's, I haven't met him. I haven't seen him or I'm just kind of, and he sits down at this bench and I'm standing 10 feet behind Paul McCartney over his shoulder. And he just starts playing the long and winding road. And I'm looking at his hands on the keys and thinking, Oh my God, th those are the hands that like wrote it. Every single time I've ever heard that song played by the Beatles, it, it came from those hands. I was watching his feet on the pedals and he uh, goes into the, the long winding road and you know more people start kind of drifting into the room and he finishes and everyone applauds mm. and he says, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And then he goes right into Lady Madonna and then he gave all of us about, uh, I don't know, like a 45 minute Beatles concert. concert, just sitting there with his piano. And I, I, and every once in a while, I have lived such an incredible yeah. life. I find myself Going repeatedly, repeatedly in many moments. I mean, giving moms the MVP, yeah. all of these things uh, in my life and uh, working with Martin Short and Steve Martin, you name it. I got to stand next to Paul McCartney while he played those songs. Mm -hmm. And I still cannot believe I got to be uh, in that room when that happened. Mm. It, it, it's it, it's just un unreal. So Paul McCartney was my second guest. Who's third? Uh, <laughs> One Direction. <laughs> One Direction. What were those guys like? Awesome. <laughs> 
Loved him. By, by the way, <laughs> one of my favorite sketches is you as the, the One Direction super fan. Trying, I mean, it's one <laughs> of the best. The one sketch that I pitched. It's great. Uh, yeah, Dan Charles. The guy is just a <laughs> little, too, little too old to be. <laughs> I don't think you know the name of the character in the two-minute <laughs> sketch of you yelling yeah, for. It's Dan Charles. Harry. Um, but I loved one. They were great. They were awesome. Like They were, they young, were the right? biggest things in the world. And I had no real uh, clue. Um, we got. I was there to promote. We were promoting Anchorman too. So Will and Steve Carell and Keckner, they were there too. And we all sang together uh, in the in the monologue, uh, sang "Afternoon Delight" yeah. with One Direction. And I mean, I was aware, like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm getting to sing with One yeah, Direction yeah. because you know the whole the whole Hysteria. world. Of was it one of the? Because we drive by Thirty Rock all the time. Oh, it was peak. Yeah, they, it was peak for the listeners. Di- like, if you live in New York City, you know it's a big musical guest, or even a star like a Taylor Swift or one of those. When on around Wednesday afternoon, you start seeing sleeping bags on yeah. Sixth Avenue because they're parked out. That had to be. And then it was, BTS recently had that too. Yeah, it, it, it was that. Nuts. It was that yeah. kind of pandemonium. And then, um, and so then, yeah. So then the show ended, and then I, and then we all had to fly all the Anchorman guys. Like we had to fly to, uh, I don't know, Australia or someplace next to go kind of, of do more press stuff. And I remember I got on the plane, and you could. They had the movies and you got and I watched the One Direction documentary. You like these guys? I'm like, oh, I, I like those, those guys. Boys. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch their movie. That's it. I like that. And I got totally caught up in it. Yeah. N- Nile, is that his name? By the way. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Nile. What a funny, great they all they were all great. I love that. Zane was shy. Zane was shy. Zane was but a little that's shy. What we know. They were but super nice, yeah. friendly, shy, uh Harry Styles. Come on, I mean, like, yeah. that guy was Mick Jagger. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. The last one was an episode that I actually attended, and we saw each other there, um, was with DJ Khaled and his entire crew. And they were cool, too, right? Oh, man. Talk about a sweet guy. Him. What a great guy. <laughs> and another one. And uh, another. And also, that was uh, that was also one where I really started kind of feeling my age a little bit. Because yeah. all of It was Big Sean. Yeah. SZA. SZA. Uh, J- J- uh, Meek Mill. Yep. Uh, Jay Balvin, I think, yep, was yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. God. There were so many people, um, and I, I was like, okay, I know some of. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, my, I know my kids know. <laughs> yeah, um, but they were, uh, but super uh, Great. friendly. Great, and then yeah, and we, I remember we hung out yeah, afterwards. We went to the party afterwards. It was yeah. the coolest night of my life. Yeah. Um, all right, a couple other names here. All right, all right, and then we're gonna wrap it up. I promise. Nathan Fielder. Oh my God! Come on. <laughs> Who's who is funnier than that guy? <laughs> and it's a, now, I, now Nathan Fielder is somebody who I uh, don't know very well, but I know him a little bit. Okay, how do you know Nathan Fielder? Do you I'm, just like send an appreciation email and some manager connects you? I met agent? him one time. The first time I met Nathan Fielder was uh, with uh, he was with Michael Sarah, and I know Michael. Okay, and it was actually at that card game that we played. He came by in a, a, the pub uh, that we would play cards in in Hell's Kitchen, and uh, this is years ago. But I. Was and Sarah's it, like, this guy's Canadian. Uh, no, He's no, funny. no. Like, I knew he was because I was a Nathan for you fanatic. That yeah. show came out and I thought, this is the funniest show in easily 10 years. This is one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. It, it, there, it's rare when you get a completely unique, fully formed comic identity. And Nathan Fielder is operating on such a high level um, and his, is so his own interesting thing uh, and it's so authentic and smart and uh i don't know if you've seen the rehearsal but i would encourage everybody to watch that because and watch the entire season because it's just unlike anything you've ever seen nathan fielder is uh i think that what he does is uh, is sublime could he do anything outside of that character like i feel like he could have hollywood by the balls if he wanted like he's so talented he's, and such, yet, he's so he's talented just... he said he, and he's enigmatic and he's <laughs> And I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just such a huge fan of his. And um, uh, and he's also a very su- sweet guy. My kids, my daughter took her school pictures in grade school. She wore her Summit Ice hoodie <laughs> for her school picture. And- uh, you send that to I, him? I told him, I sent him a picture. I said, uh, and by the way, I just like reaching out saying, hey man, um, this was my daughter's school picture. I couldn't be more proud. Uh, and he replied, Oh, that's that's a great get for the brand, <laughs> and uh, and then he sent her like 
t-shirts swag swag summit ice socks a summit ice hat and, and, and my son feels this way too i mean nate that nathan for you special is, it was a, is really special yeah a couple more these right. are so good all right seth rogan oh seth rogan <laughs> okay i don't think that there's a person on earth that is i don't know how you can go through what seth rogan has gone through in his life and remain as unchanged and real. You're talking just the it's Hollywood a, ups and downs with the Korea stuff? What? Everything. Right? <laughs> like this guy's life has just been like where he is so the same guy you the met? same dude. I mean, you look, you could see Seth Rogan and go, I feel like I know what that guy's like. And I would tell you, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what he's like. I love, I love him. Love him, love him, love him so much. He's so unaffected. He says exactly what he's feeling. He kind of weirdly doesn't worry about, I mean, you, I, mean I admire it because he'll say things that like, that might be an unpopular well, I'm gonna opinion say this, about. Because he, he wrote a book and I listened to it on the audio book recently and I loved it. I don't remember what it was called. Go find it. Seth Rogen's book. And he tells a story and it's a story about a meeting he had with Tom Cruise and Judd Apatow, do you know this story? I know it. I was there. What it? I wasn't at the meeting, but we were. Can you tell this story from via Seth? But like, what? what what's the background? I don't remember. It's, it's... <laughs> well, we were shooting Forty Year Old Virgin. Okay. And um, Seth, uh, I don't know if this, is this the story? Is that they, yes. they, they had the and meeting because Cruise right. wants to get involved in comedy. Well, he, had, you know, this is he wanted to meet Judd, and it was like Judd, Judd Apatow, a, yeah, Judd Apatow, who like had, you know, this was the first movie Judd had ever yeah. directed, and so you know, Tom Cruise was in from the beginning. He knew early, um, and yeah, Judd said uh, he was going to go meet Tom Cruise, and um, you don't go along on that trip. Oh God, no, I'm not going to. I, I wasn't invited, and uh, <laughs> but uh, but Judd said I'm going to meet Tom Cruise. But, but terrible Judd. That's a good Judd. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go. Too Judd always feels like he. It sounds like he needs to blow his nose. <laughs> I'm going to go meet uh, Tom Cruise. I mean, I, Hater does a good Judd. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he was he was excited. He's going to go meet Tom Cruise tomorrow at his at his house. And uh, and. And so he took Seth with him. Why did he take Seth with him? Like, this is my guy. Like, we got. I like, guess what? so. You know, like he'd worked with Seth, obviously at Freaks and Geeks, and Seth is, you know, really funny. And had they they were friends. They'd worked together, and I don't know. Maybe Judd was probably nervous too. Yeah. I mean, he was probably nervous to meet Tom Cruise. It's a nice security blanket. I have your guy. Just there. like you know, he, like the biggest movie star in the world, and he's like, oh, I got to take this, and uh, I'll take Seth. And Seth is a kind of always funny, and he's not going to be. Like he'll totally be yep. himself. And uh, I remember it was like the time when people, he just had the Oprah Surrey. Thing or, he just had okay. Surrey. No, no, All not right. Oprah. That, that might've just happened. Yeah, but it was weird. Like there was a time, like they had the baby, uh, his daughter. And, but there was a moment in time where like, we don't know. If this, no one's seen the baby. Yeah, no one's yeah. seen the baby. And so, yeah. So, uh, so they went and had this meeting that night. They went, and, um, and then the next day I went to Judd. I go, so? Yeah. How he? he goes, he's great. He goes, I, I loved him. He was super nice and funny and great. And um, and Seth went too. And Seth just goes, baby's real. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I saw her. <laughs> and then I was like, Ann, how was it? And Seth's like, oh, man, it was, it was weird, dude. <laughs> he, was, he just started talking about how weird the whole experience was. And yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, and then we had, to, and I was like, "Wow, okay." Right. <laughs> Judd's like, like great. Yeah, Judd saying it. Judd's like, "Yeah," and like Judd is so good to start struck and all. This. And Seth was like, "I don't know, man. I it was a totally uncomfortable whole experience." And, you know, and, then, and then we went on a talk show in Australia to promote Knocked Up, and somebody asked him, and he said the same thing on this live talk show. Like, That's what I mean. Seth doesn't care. He'll say, and I just, Weird. I so respect it. All right. No more people. This is just too, the Matsui scene in Knocked Up is so cherished by everybody, uh -huh. especially sports fans, because we've all been there where you're telling your wife and she's thinking, or her girlfriend, that there's something suspicious going on and you just want to be with the boys. Right. The Matsui scene itself. How does Matsui's name get mentioned? What's the. Okay. So I told, we all work on these scripts together. And I, during the time, I said, I was doing fantasy sports. Judd knows nothing about sports. Okay. I said, we should put in a thing with fantasy, you yeah. know, like a fantasy football. Know, uh, so, so we kind of construct all thing, put the, it makes the movie. We're going to do this scene. Um, and so 
I because, <laughs> because I know the show, I'm like, all right, I have to. Nobody knows even how. Like, I have to write out the draft on the board because I know somebody's going to freeze it and they're going to look. There's to see no it. way Carlos Delgado would go before. By the way, I put Delgado in there. <laughs> I put Delgado in there because I always liked Delgado. I always liked Delgado because I liked his. I liked his. His political stance, right? I thought, like, good for this guy. Yeah. Like, I was a fan, and his best and his best friend was uh, Sean Green, Jew. So uh, <laughs> uh, I loved him. Uh, and and but I'm like ri- writing down all of like who uh, it would go in the first round. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I want to go this, and it, and it gets down. I know Matsui doing the snake draft. And I'm doing the snake draft. <laughs> I'm writing it in. I'm writing all the names, and I know Matsui would last. Round. Hideki or Kaz? I was a Kaz guy. Oh, I like it that you want to separate. <laughs> It was Hideki all was the Hideki. way. I know you. I, 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 you know, <laughs> props to Kaz. But I, I'm like, I got Matsui. One because I thought I got Matsui would sound funny. <laughs> Such a good line. It is like, I, hey, I got and getting excited about getting Matsui. And two, I had Matsui in my own league, league, and I was stoked. <laughs> I was like, Matsui's awesome. Plus, I also really liked Hideki Matsui. Great player. I mean, my gosh, you live in New York. I'm like, yeah, great player. So. Good, and he also just, you know, seemed like a great guy. Yeah. So that's who I want to call out. Oh, my God. And it made the movie. Made and, the movie. And I'm still, I bet you, there's probably so many lines you get yelled at you, but I'm sure, I got Matsui. It's probably. Ba- barely ever. Really? Barely ever. What's the line you get the most? Here's something, and this is, you know, uh, uh, oh, slap the bass. That's yeah, one I get the, that's base, one I get yeah. the, that's one I get the most. Um, <laughs> I, Matsui is super clutch. And when I was doing the play with Julia Roberts, yeah, um, I never met Matsui. I don't know. That, yeah. Please tell me he's there backstage. No, no, oh God, no, no. He wasn't. Back. He, he's got to. He's got to be getting prepared for it. Yeah, yeah, presents it. Yeah, brick a leg. Uh, and, then, uh, and so, uh, but I, I remember one time ta- calling uh, Julia. Robert's like, okay, you like Matsui, you're just, you're clutch, you're just yeah. great. And, like, and so I um, I remember on, uh, it was our opening night and I was able somehow to procure a signed, signed baseball from Hideki Matsui to Julia Roberts, it's to which he story. signed. Um, Did it mean a lot to her? I hope so. <laughs> I haven't thought about it since this story. And but I, I still never met Matsui. I'm sure Matsui is like I don't know who yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. He just signed it. He, I don't know how. I remember I went through their uh, dude Paul Rudd getting a signed Hideki Matsui baseball Mike, it, to it, give to Julia Roberts on Broadway is one of the greatest their, randoms. Their it's a catchers, their catcher's coach was Mike uh, at the time on um, Borg. I was like, Mike old, Borgans. No, uh, Mike Borders. No, I don't remember. I went old Yankees. Through uh, yeah, it was a Yankees. I think the catching Royal? no catching coach. I'm blanking on his name, and I feel terrible because I'd love to give him a shout out because he's Borzello. it was Mike Borzello. <laughs> I was like more Borgonzi, but that's just Mike Borzello. Borgonzi's it's with a, the Chiefs. Yeah, so he made that happen, and I think I found him through Joe Buck. Uh, it was just, I'm like I got to get a signed Matsui ball for Julia Roberts. Mm. Um, he made it happen, Mike. If you're listening, thank you. <laughs> Last one. We're going to end it with football. It's been so good. I didn't even get to ask you about Tim Robinson, who I wanted to talk about. Come on. <laughs> Next. I mean, also, like Nathan Fielder or like Tim and Eric and those are like breaking what? the wall. Oh, dude. Who does what he does? That guy is so funny. So good. Um, if you're building an NFL all time team, and yep. we do all these lists, we do the top 100, we yep. do the 75 anniversary team, we do the all. If you, Paul Rudd, are building an NFL team, you can construct it. The first player you're selecting to build everything around is whom? I really think there's one answer to this question. Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I mean, how is it not, right? If you're going defense, I keep thinking like Lawrence Taylor maybe. Yeah. But I think it's got to be Brady. It's got to be Brady. Has to be, right? Has to be. It's Brady. I mean... Seven rings? Now, as a Chiefs fan, you watched the Patriots rip your heart out several times. Then you watched the Buccaneers beat you guys in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Brady could uh, could easily be a foe, an opponent, a guy you can... Again, you, you have to just respect excellence. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Patriots fan at all. And obviously, I really wanted the Chiefs to beat the, the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl badly. Um, but, you know, my son said to me, he goes, how lucky are we 
that we get to be fans of football and we're alive and we get to see Tom Brady mm. play. And that's kind of, it's kind of the, it's the truth. It's true. It's what he's done and is doing is just in, incredible. And I was like, when they were both playing and it was like, Peyton, everyone's like, what do you think? Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? You were always ready? I was always Manning. Win. No, oh, man. I was always Peyton Manning. Oh, it's Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. And now, and I and if Brady's still here, I look what I'm like, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's Paul Rudd, dude. Thank you. Thank you. This was a blast. Boy, I tell you something. What do you got? I'm, I'm, a, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally right? wrecked. We just went through the we gamut. We just did. We just did it all. Didn't it feel good? I feel... I feel cleansed. Didn't feel right. Was this being recorded? Did, uh, did you guys press play? Because I, you know, I'm ready to take on the world right now. Let's go. Let's run through a wall. All right. That was incredible. Full hour. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I've loved this. Thanks, Peter, for having me on your this show. Great. Um, so the Chiefs and I have I actually been... ran out of air when I said, thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> it was all that <laughs> Nile well, talk. People don't, yeah, well, people don't realize that we're doing the show from 15,000 feet. I know we are. <laughs> Mile high. Um, speaking of mile high, AFC West, Broncos. Let's get back to the Chiefs. The Chiefs and I have been talking. And I said, you know, Paul's coming on the season with Peter Schrager, the podcast downloaded today. I want to get him something very specific so he can rock it next time he goes to a Chiefs game. So I'm going to give you this gift. What? I want you to open this. Whoa. It's from me and the equipment guys at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I want to shout out Brad G, who is one of the PR guys who is just amazing. It no. is one of one. And I think you are going to love this player and I'm rock on, this jersey. My, my, my hands are shaking. It's like Christmas. All right, so you have the jersey. I got it. I and it's you to an away, it which I like. An away white, which we love. Yeah. Let's get the away white. Atten Dude. The Isaiah Pacheco. Oh. The Isaiah Pacheco. That's I've a rookie. A That's a seventh round pick. Oh my God. I got a Pacheco. You got the Pacheco. I got the Pacheco because you can't get these. I know you can't get these. That's Alan Williams and the boys and the equipment staff. They By the way, when you, know, when you were talking about like what storylines, like this guy. Do they know what, it? And I mean, his, we talked and about his story. It. He has lost two siblings, yeah. both to horrific stories. And he has rose above and they call him Pop. He hasn't had a lot of carries in the last two weeks, right? But you know that when it comes crunch time, that oh. jersey is going to be the. Could you, you can put it on if you want, Pacheco, guys, Pacheco. I'm putting it on right now. This it's it. uh, you know, That's it's still, it's still. I got to say, it's still a little weird to see the number ten Chiefs jersey. I know, but this is like how you turn the page from Tyreek. Well, by the way, here's another thing. I just want to say this. Can I, if I can just take a yeah, moment. take a minute. I love Tyreek. So do I. I love him. And when people are like, oh, he didn't have an allegiance team and, you know, forget Tyreek. And now he's like saying bad stuff. I'm like, I, 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 I hate it when fans do that. I will, ne I will always love Tyreek for what he did for the Chiefs. I love him. I hope he, I'm so happy for the deal he got in Miami. Yeah. I hope he just crushes it and breaks records, has an amazing career, an amazing time in Miami. I will always root for him. I always root for the Chiefs more. Yeah. But I will always root love it. for Tyreek, and I, I I love him, and I feel this way uh, about all Chiefs players that leave. I don't get uh, sour grapes. Tyron Matthew, put that ten on. It feels better than talking about Tyreek. Come all on, all right, that's Pacheco. But I got Pacheco now. Let's go, baby. And uh, oh my God, I'll be wearing this. Uh, I'll be wearing this uh, Sunday when I see uh, the Chiefs take on the 49ers. Let's go. I'll All wear right. this in the bye week, just <laughs> when I'm going shopping. That's it, in the supermarket. At, uh, by the way, I don't go shopping. That's it. People shop for me. Of course. That's it. It's yeah, cool. and I've got a staff. <laughs> That's it. Uh, season one of the season with Peter Schrager, episode two, the Paul Rudd experience. Dude, thank you so much. By the way, can I just point out how much I like the music of this podcast? Music is awesome. It's incredible. It's very good. It's very kind of like a funky beat. I don't know who did it, but boy, oh boy, it's excellent. It sure is. Till next week, guys. Thank you for listening. The season with Peter Schrager and Jack Easterby. <laughs>